Today's sponsor is Audible.com, who has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Get a free audiobook of your choice at www.audibletrial.com slash Trending Topics with BB. Hello and welcome to another rousing edition of Trending Topics with BB. I am your humble host, Brooke Brown, hence the BB. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast wherever you get it, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, which is now mid-roll, but uh, we'll talk about a li- that a little bit later, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, wherever you tune into this podcast, if it's the Podcast Radio Network, I thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. And if you have a little time while you're listening to this intro, please just head over to iTunes and give this podcast a favorable rating and a little comment. It helps this podcast be found in the charts on iTunes and lets other listeners find it as well. And I really appreciate it if you would continue to do that. Like I said, if we get a lot more reviews, I will start giving shout outs to those who give reviews on iTunes. And if you want to hear your name on this podcast, then that's a way to do it. You can also find any of those links at BB Media Industries slash Trending Topics with BB. You will find all of those links to Podbean, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, all of those places where this podcast can be found, and you can leave that review and rating. Now, I also appreciate all of you loyal listeners who are now new listeners who have found this through previous episodes. As you can see, my guests range from comedians to singers to well-known DJs and producers to those in the music industry. Uh, So I like to expand my horizons by talking to many different people. So without further ado, I will introduce who is on this week's podcast, and that would be Joe Ganjami. I met Joe actually through his wife. His wife and I used to work together at a previously day job that I used to have. Um, and she's an amazing person and encouraged me to actually continue to do this podcast. And here we are. Joe is an aspiring comedian within the Phoenix area and also holds a day job. So he'll talk a little bit about that. And we'll also talk about comedy as a whole and why there might be what he says a boom in the area of Phoenix for stand-up comedians to come. So without spoiling any more and without further ado, I give you my conversation with Joe and Jemmy. Enjoy. Well, thank you, Joe, for, for joining my podcast. I appreciate it. I'm glad we were able to do this. I apologize. I wasn't able to make it to the competition that happened, uh, I think, last month. But hopefully I'll be able to get out a little bit more to see you. No worries. I'm not even sure which competition you're talking about, so it's cool. <laughs> awesome. There was a couple last month. I didn't win any of them, so it's no big deal. <laughs> awesome. So let's kind of talk about, well, we met because I used to work with your wife, and yeah. um, she's awesome, so she suggested I keep my podcast going, and here I am. Um, yeah, she's, so, uh, she's very uh, um supportive in that way. If someone feels they have a creative outlet, she's going to tell them to keep doing it. Awesome. So I know, well, before we kind of get into what I was talking about in terms of competitions, just kind of give like an overview for the listeners kind of where you began kind of with comedy and and why 
um, you're now doing competitions. It's kind of like the backstory, if you will. Um, so I'm I'm real new. I'm only like, I, well, I say real new. I've been doing it for like almost a year and a half. Uh, but in the community, they they still look at me like I'm still brand new in a lot of ways because it takes a while to kind of crack through doing open mics and stuff. Um, but I was always super interested in comedy. It was something that I always wanted to try, but uh, I always kind of went in diff- different avenues, whether I was, like, white- writing stuff with friends or, <clears throat> you know, uh, doing little sketches or whatever. Um, I always just kind of found some other way to do it with people because that's a really easy way to kind of, like, guard yourself. Like, I've done podcasts before I did comedy with buddies that were super funny and they were a lot of fun to do. Uh, but if anything went wrong, I could be like, well, this is on us, guys. <laughs> so it's really easy to kind of keep the shield up. But once uh, we stopped doing the podcast uh, with buddies, um, it, I just kind of got a wild hair. Somebody else I knew had tried an open mic, and they said they did really well. And I'm like, well, you're not funny at all. So, you know, while I'm not doing the podcast, I'll go give an open mic a shot. And Allie was very supportive and went with me and kind of forced me to do it. Uh, and the first night went really well. The crowd was super responsive, even though my jokes totally sucked, and uh, I had a good response. So then I was like, oh, i got to do that again. So then I came back the next week and totally bombed. It's like the worst thing ever. Uh, but I was instantly like, well, I did fine the first time. So uh, it kind of made me competitive with myself. I was like, I can do it as good as the first time again. So I went back and kind of fluctuated and still, you know, you kind of learn your footing and stuff. But um, once I had done a number of open mics, then you start kind of meeting people and they're like, hey, come do this show. And you start getting passed around the circuit. And then if you are decent and a cool person that can get along with others and not have a huge ego because you've done an open mic one time. Uh, they're very supportive and brought me in and gave me a ton of opportunities. And, yeah, now it's competitions, you know, a couple times a month because there's a bunch of clubs and they all have something going on. So, yeah, get out. And it's more about the stage time and the process than anything, but uh done well in a few. I won snap battles and, uh, recently made it to the finals of House of Comedies thing, and so yeah. Awesome. Sorry if I sound shaky. My house is really cold right now. I'm trying to find like a warm spot. Uh, no problem. So, right, you you also have like a day job, right? And then you do this yeah. at night. Like, okay, cool. So, what is it like, you know, being normal and then going and doing your open mics or whatever the circuit circuit is at night? Uh, for me, it's really weird. I, I think for a lot of people that are just like driving, there's a lot of Uber drivers in comedy, and uh, there's a lot of guys that are like telemarketers in comedy uh, that are still have day jobs. Um, but then there's also like a pretty big community of people that I fall into that work with the special needs community. And I don't know where that came from, but I know probably like 10 comics that work in the special needs field, uh, and that's what I do. I teach a class to adults that are learning um, transition to employment. So they come in and we kind of teach them the basics. And 
teach fundamentals of being independent. Um, and then the people I work with are very conservative. Uh, a lot of them are uh, very devout Mormons and stuff. And so the workplace is very clean. And then at night, you go out to clubs with a bunch of comics at bars where you got like five people in the back that are drunk that you're trying to make laugh. And you start pulling from the bottom of the barrel and uh, it gets pretty blue. I'll say like it gets sort of rough crowd sometimes, but then you go to work and then I remember just yesterday, one of the girls at work was like, one of your clients cussed today. I was like, what? Who? And she's like, this girl, Grace. I'm like, no way. Grace is like super innocent. What'd she say? And she said, I don't know what the hell this is about. I was like, and then what do you mean? What, what she, I thought you said she cursed. What did you say? She said the H word. Like, that's not a swear word. That's just a word. What are you talking? I got to get excited. So it's funny. I, yeah, the different worlds, uh, don't come into contact a whole lot. So it's funny to kind of play both sides. Right. So as you mentioned, the community as a whole in comedy. So I guess my question would be is, is there, is it a little bit like underground? Because most people, when they think of comedy, they, in, in like a comedy group or like a community, they think of like LA or New York. Is that, yeah. is that heavily publicized? And obviously other cities have comedy, but I, right. well, I've seen, I think think every city kind of has their community of people that are trying to do stand-up, whether it's, like, really small or L.A. or Chicago or Houston or any place like that. Um, There's – or Austin. uh, Austin's got a great comedy scene. But then, like, if you go up to Flagstaff to do a show, you'll find that there's, like, six people in Flagstaff that run the shows. And they're like, oh, all the shows come through us. They're just like bar shows. There's nothing big, but you, there's kind of a small group of people everywhere. Uh, whether they're known or not is very differ, uh, or differs greatly from place to place. But in Phoenix, we're really lucky, um, because we actually have like, right now, we're hitting kind of a boom for comedy. And from everything I've heard, cause I'm, again, I'm pretty new, uh, but a lot of the older guys will say like, Oh, dude, five years ago, there was nothing out here. It was so hard to break into any of the big clubs because all we had was the Tempe Improv, and they're a hard club to get into. So it was just bar shows and the comedy community itself. There's a lot of drama that happens. There's like a lot of jockeying and politics and stuff uh, and a lot of infighting on Facebook. Um, but they, all the older guys keep saying, like, I know you guys are getting these little tips now, but that stuff used to be way worse back in the day, and I don't even experience a lot of that. It happens a lot, and it comes up on Facebook and stuff. But, again, if you're a decent person and you just treat everybody respectfully and go out and do your best to make people laugh uh, and you're halfway decent at it, people are going to treat you cool. And if you just kind of don't mix things up with people, you're going to stay above it. But a lot of people can't help themselves because they're all kind of that A-type personality. So there's a lot of butting heads, but at the end of the day, it's pretty tight-knit for as big as it is in Phoenix. And we just got a new Laugh Factory. Um, Stand-up Scottsdale is still in uh, Scottsdale. 
It's just at a new place. The improv is actually a lot more receptive to the local community now. Like, they're really starting to bring up local guys and let them get shots on the weekends. Rick Bronson's House of Comedy out in Phoenix is fantastic for that. They've been really cool about giving local guys opportunities to get up and really kind of spread their wings so uh, people aren't as quick to jump to L.A. Because most of the comics out here, as soon as they feel like they've kind of hit a certain point, they're jumping to L.A. or New York to try to hit the next level. Um, but our communities slowly, but it's getting to the point where we can start to kind of compete with some of the bigger markets like uh, uh, Austin or Chicago. Awesome. So do you think that's because we're seeing an influx? Well, I guess maybe personally I've been paying attention to it and, and going to a lot more comedy events myself. Of people coming into town or – was that always a, a thing and it was just a matter of people knowing who's playing at what club or how Yeah, I don't know were? if it was I don't know if it was like uh the necessary cuz I don't know the old scene that well. I know people that have come out of it that are really good now like uh there's a girl you'll hear from in the next few years a lot Kirsten Albert. She's out in LA now doing stuff. Uh but she was doing the same circuit a year ago and she's fantastic. Uh and so it might be that the talent here has started to get raised, but I also think that there's just way more opportunities. So a lot of these local guys are getting seen, whereas like five, seven years ago, maybe there wasn't that opportunity. So somebody was really good, but they just never got a chance to be seen. But now a lot of these clubs are making an effort. And I don't know if that's because they're seeing an increase of talent or they just realize that there's um, – some real basis behind that. Like, you, if you can kind of farmhouse your own comics, then you can get regulars that are there that people want to see. Like, uh, I know a lot of places right now, they'll put um, comics I know that are, are they're not household names, but um, Anwar Newton, Michael Turner, uh, Jill Bryan, Michael Longfellow, like, some of those, uh, Jonathan Gregory gets a ton of time around town now because he hit a level where he could really be marketable. Michael Turner pretty much sold out the improv on like a Thursday last month by himself, well, with a couple other openers and stuff, but uh, he was the headliner, and he's just a local guy. He's a young dude. He's really funny, and he was able to market enough and has big enough name recognition now where he could do it, and they gave him an opportunity, so, yeah. Awesome. So, there's this, like you said, this, there's politics and there's the drama, but then there seems to be kind of a support in going for open mics. Are you seeing that people are, like, trying to join the scene a lot more? Is that why the, the boom is happening? Mm, not as much as that. I mean, the scene kind of gets bigger, but it's, like, it's weird. It only grows uh, so much. <laughs> a lot of people go for it, I think, but like since I started doing it, I've maybe seen two other comics that came in after me that are still kind of around. Like, you'll see people show up at an open mic or two, and they'll be like, oh, I'm the funniest person you've ever met, watch. And they'll get drunk, and they'll go up there, and they'll kind of do okay or bomb, and then you'll never see him again. Uh, but then occasionally, there's this girl, Allie Lightfoot, 
who was doing comedy a while back, I guess, but she only did it a couple times and she stopped. Um, but then probably like four months after I started, she got her first show at Stand-Up Scottsdale that wasn't an open mic and just destroyed. And now uh, she's getting a ton of shows because she's really good. But really, other than her and, like, a couple people that started right with me uh, or around that time, I can't think of many. Like, it doesn't grow a ton because I think there's just not that many people willing to do it. Um, but if anybody comes in to do it, from the experiences I had, that political jockeying stuff, if you're cool, you can stay above it because I was got nothing but support and still have. I haven't had anybody try to, you know, knock me down or hold me back or whatever people think happens. But yeah, so if you're yeah. interested, definitely jump in because there's not a ton of people that try and yeah, it's a good community. Yeah, people have been saying over the years that I should try an open mic, and I have yet to do it. But I, I hear that all the time, and every time I hear it, I'm like, do it. It's so fun. And even if you just do it once and you're like, wow, oh, that was terrifying and I didn't enjoy it, uh, at least you know that you're terrified and you didn't enjoy it, but it's you won't. You'll love it. It's awesome. So in terms of, of – are people really wanting that big break or are people really understanding that it's a grind and that maybe they want to kind of stay in a local scene for a while and, and then see where it takes? Because <laughs> I've seen some people with, you know, the big egos and then others yeah. that are kind of understand how it all comes together. You no, know, I think that, again, yeah, I think you're right. That depends on the ego. I've seen guys literally first time out they do okay. Like, come you should do great. They just, like, don't fail. And they come off and they're like, oh, I, I want to go on, like, a trip to L.A. I still like on an L.A. trip. And it's because they want, like, that big break or whatever. Um, but I kind of – I went because I was excited. But I got, like, dragged to L.A. with a buddy of mine because he was going out there and got to do the comedy store and got to do, like, the seller show and this, like – Speakeasy, like all these like super cool big break type clubs or whatever, and I didn't have any miss uh, thoughts. My, I didn't have any kind of idea like, oh, I'm going to go out there and get my big break. But I've seen people that do, and they come back like devastated. It's like, really, what you think was going to happen? Like, you know how long it took people in that scene. You have to make a name for yourself in this scene before you can even, like, get stage time at that scene. And then you have to be in that one. Like, a uh, buddy of mine that just moved out to L.A., Anthony Desimito. Um, You'll probably hear stuff from him. He's been on laughs. Uh, you'll probably see him on stuff soon because he's a good character actor. Um, but he was out here, and he was getting headline spots uh, at different shows and getting feature spots on the weekend all the time. And he's like... And he he deserves to be out there. He's going to do well out there. But he's like, I'm going to move to L.A. And now it's it's almost, like, hard because you know how good he is. And you see him, like, scrounging for any kind of time out there because it's so competitive out there. When we were out there, we went to a couple open mics. And they were doing open mics at, like, 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday at this place. Um, it's not the Ha Ha Cafe. Uh, like flappers, 
called Slappers. And it was just all comics sitting along a wall, waiting for their time to get spots in front of other comics in the middle of the day on a Tuesday. And I'm sure some people in that line thought, this is my chance to get my big break. And (laughs) more power to them, but that's your chance to practice so that when you hopefully get in the spot where you're presented to be able to make your big break, that's when you can do it. And a lot of people just, I think they think they're so funny they can skip some steps. So, yeah, sorry. I cut away off of that. I always think it's funny when people think that. Well, no, I'm just curious because I've heard both and I've and I talked to other comedians and everybody has their own story and kind of how it began. So, I just kind of, yeah. you know, wanted to get your opinion from... Well, and I, I think other people, too, can have an inflated sense of self. Like, so I've only been doing this a year and a half. I've done well at some competitions. I've gotten some shows that people that have been doing this longer than me haven't been as fortunate to get. So I could look at that and be like, oh, I, I'm making it, and, like, I deserve to be, I don't know, headlining a cruise ship or whatever people think. Uh, but personally, I've heard from enough people that are, you know, professional comics, like, watch stuff where Gary Seinfeld says, like, you don't know anything about comedy until you've been doing it for four years, at least. And then uh, I met um, John Roy, who's a really funny comic from L.A., who's starting to kind of break through in that scene, um, but he was out here headlining one weekend, and he was, somebody was like, oh, yeah, I've been doing comedy for, like, four years, and he's like, oh, yeah, how many nights a week do you go up? He's like, I try to get out on, like, Wednesdays. And he's like, sorry, man, you're not doing comedy. You're doing a weekly open mic. He's like, I hate to say this to anybody to burst your bubble, but you're not doing comedy unless you're doing comedy at least four or five nights a week. If you're doing outside of that, you're an occasional part-time, like, trying to be comic. You're not, like, doing it. And for some reason, it stuck with me. And after that, I was like, you know, I'm, if I'm going to get into this, I'm going to make it a point to practice that craft and get out there um, and get the grind because that's an important part of the – it's like a college program. <laughs> you got to be in it for four years. you got to grind. you got to hate it at times, but know that it's for the greater good and go for it. Awesome. So I guess what I'm curious about, and I tend to ask this question, do you see a more influx of stand-up versus improv, or are you seeing people in the scene do both? Because I think when people think comedy more often, they think stand-up, but improv is also one of those arts that sometimes yeah. not I, really explored. Yeah, I am one of the few people that in the comedy, in the stand-up scene, that is okay with improv. I like improv, and there's like... Oh, there's a handful of stand-up people that also do improv, but a lot of, like, the mainline stand-up guys that are doing, like, real well out here, they super look down on improv. It's like somebody going up there doing ventriloquism. Uh, like, when we were out in L.A. with <laughs> two shows, we went to a, uh, an improv show, and I was the only one that sat through the whole thing. Everybody else left. <laughs> but I like it. There is a handful of people that do it. Um, but every time I've seen them try to mix, I think the audience is 
are expecting different things. And the stand-up audience kind of gets turned off by the idea of, like, it being not potentially being good, I think. And then the improv audience gets turned off by the fact that it feels like an act when they're doing stand-up. So uh, I don't know the improv world as much, so I can't say how who's got more. Um, but if the stand-up people that I know that do improv, that little corner section or whatever, is smaller, and I would think that people that were involved in comedy would be doing both generally because they just want that comedic experience and that laugh on stage. So I would say there's got to be more people doing stand-up than improv, but I don't really know because I don't get into that world a whole lot. Awesome. Well, I guess my question would be, are there, like, programs? I know you work with people in your day job, and you help people kind of, like you said, um, become more independent. Are we seeing programs here that are, like, putting people on stage or in improv classes that help adults kind of, um, I don't know, help with their anxieties or their... There really, there should be something like that. that uh, there probably is. Um, I haven't run into it, but there should be stuff like that. I know me and a buddy, Aaron Kyle Miles, who's a really good comic out here, uh, we both work in the field, and they do, like, this Best Buddies event thing. It's kind of like a big talent show. Uh, and this year, we want to get a couple other comics that work in the field and grab a few of the clients that we have or we work with that have expressed interest in comedy because they all know that we do it at night. Um, and a couple of our clients have been like, I want to try that. And it's like, you should. So we're trying to get together a bunch of us to sit down and help craft some jokes so we can throw it in the talent show with some of our – we'll have our little protege comics and, you know, no, we're not going to write stuff for them, but we'll give them kind of – heads up about rules of three and where to kind of stick the punchline and timing and stuff. And are clubs receptive to that idea of helping through comedy around here, or is it kind of still in its infancy? Yeah, I think with uh, the special needs community that I've been associated with anyways, because it's so big, um, but I've been intimately involved with Best Buddies because one of my friends is the head of it for a while. And I've worked at my company, Special Needs Services, for these like eight years now. Um, but so I've kind of been involved with like our circle or whatever. But everything that's been brought up, from music therapy to comedy to equestrian therapy, anything, the more out of the side the box, the more I think excited people get about. It. They're like, yeah, let's try it. This just like we'll see, you know. Because we're always just trying to, uh, usually, especially with younger clients, just engage. So I know some of my older clients that I work with, when I'm doing my class, if I don't kind of keep the energy high and kind of keep a quit coming every once in a while, the class and the material feels very stale and boring, uh, But especially for the older clients. But if I can be kind of stand-up-y and kind of get them engaging and joking with me, uh, they're able to sit through the whole class. So Awesome. And I, I know we talked about possibly, like, doing this podcast live with other comics that you yeah. know of. Um, would, 
would the area be receptive to that and maybe it like the proceeds from it like possibly going to uh where you work or or an organization in the area to kind of yeah allow comics. Us to meet. sorry I was just gonna say kind of allow kind of bring both the the communities together and kind of get people involved. Yeah, I mean, the, the comics will fawn over that. They'll be like, oh, that's a great idea. But in reality, even bigger name comics on the local scene, if you ask a comic to do a podcast or do a show, whether it's a paid show or uh, proceeds or anything, most of them will show up because they're willing to show up at a Flappers in L.A. on a Thursday. <laughs> three o'clock to try to get any kind of time. So it's they just use it to, you know, as one more avenue to get that creative outlet out. So they're always receptive to doing uh, any kind of show that they can be on. So That's awesome. So, yeah, I know. Well, yeah. Cause, like, you, you hear about kind of ideas in that realm, but, like, I haven't, like, Obviously, I need to do more research on my end, uh, being that I have this podcast, but I was just, you know, I, I get ideas, and I, I would think that would be, like, a good community event that could possibly grow and grow each year. And well, and uh, last week, um, me and two of my closest friends in comedy uh, just did our first podcast that we started doing, um, and it's us three, and then we bring on one of our local comics buddies, just to screw around. It's really, it's called Drunk Tank. It's really just us drinking and kind of making fun of each other for an hour. Um, but it was something we wanted to do for us. So you'll always, whenever you want, you got four built-in comics that I can pull for a week or whatever from the show, and we can go over. We You can come over and we could record it uh, both at the same time. Who knows? Um, but, again, do you set up a show where proceeds are going somewhere or you just want to do stage time and, you know, there's a million places that will be into it. And I know almost all of the comics in Phoenix will be like, stage time, where? So. Awesome. Well, that sounds exciting. So we'll, we'll, we'll have to chat off the podcast and kind of figure out Definitely. Uh, an idea. So, yeah, I know you're busy this evening. You you have an event, and uh, I just wanted to, to chat with you and get you on the podcast, and hopefully we'll figure out something to continue. Um, are you, like, on Twitter or Instagram or anything for your comedy, or are you uh, on your Facebook? Yeah, I'm real bad at that. I am on Twitter, JoeGamJimmy25, which I could really even change that handle to not have the 25, but I'm on it so little I haven't even figured out how to do that in the settings. Uh, I tweet maybe once every three months. Um, I'm on Facebook, too, at Joe Ganjemi. But, again, I probably post once a month. I don't even really post my shows very much. I should, uh, but I don't. Um, also, I'm on Snapchat. Uh, I probably do that the most, but it's really, like, just the stuff that I think is funny at 3 o'clock in the morning when my wife is asleep and I, the TV's on and something on the news sounds funny to me so awesome okay great well people can find you but not necessarily 
get delayed. Oh, yeah, check. Well, if, yeah, follow me on uh, or go to Facebook. And if you follow me on Facebook, um, one of the reasons I don't promote my shows is because I get tagged in almost all the shows that I'm on. And usually the promoter will throw it out there. And then if I throw it out there, that's shared like four times by four different people and all the comics that we're all friends with, they get bombarded with it. And then like all my friends and family that are no people in the scene, they get like four or five of them. And so I figure I don't, don't need to add to the chase. <laughs> gotcha. All right. So. Well, uh, thank you again for, for joining me on the podcast and we'll chat soon about ideas for the community and um, oh, look forward to that. Uh, you know, seeing you out there, and uh, maybe I will hit up an uh, open mic. In the yeah, area. do it, and let me know when you're you're going. I'll go with you. Okay, that'd be awesome. Cool. All right. Thanks, and thanks tell you, tell, tell Allie I love him and I miss her. Um, I will do that. All right, awesome. So uh, I'll talk to you soon. Cool. Thanks. Bye. Bye.